to you live from Plugit Studios in beautiful Largo, Florida. We are keeping you plugged in with episode 445 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. This week, WhatsApp shares data, PlayStation shares games, and artists share space on Spotify. Hey, Abram, how are you doing? Great. How about you? <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, wherever you guys are and however you're joining us, thank you for making us part of your day, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app, and the Windows Store right now. Um, the, uh, uh, where am I? Our homes on Livestream and Stitcher, and of course on our apps, pluggitslive.com slash apps. Uh, for those of you who do not know, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. Uh, and this is our flagship show, F5 Live Refreshing Technology. You can join us live every Sunday night at 9 for about an hour by going to f5live.tv slash join us. If you're uh, in the chat room, you're able to talk to us as the show goes on about the topics that are uh, going on at hand. Uh, particularly, we always like to get input on the Pilch Point with Avram Pilch which will be on in just a few minutes this week. We're going to talk about one of the world's weirdest implementations of a uh, keystroke in the web browsers. <laughs> and uh, so you can always join us. But if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can subscribe to all of our shows by going to f5live.tv and clicking the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side, including this show right here, The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch, First Looks, our special events feed, the 3000 Brigade podcast, which is about to get a new uh, feed and a new theme, which uh, we're pretty excited about. And our new show, whose name I am not yet ready to announce, uh, should be starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, First Looks will be back very soon, as September 10th is the beginning of the first Tech Challenge season. So that series will start kicking off again pretty quick as well. Anyway, so uh, we weren't here in the studio last week. Uh, the show came from Miami at MizuCon. It was, for me, it was the best uh, show that has been done yet out of the out of the eleven shows that have been done. I think, I think Aaron's writing was by far the best in this one. I think the acting was great too. Um, so, what did you do with uh, your week, Avram? Huh. Well. Got to spend more time with the family, which was cool. You know, got to spend uh, spend more time Sunday night uh, hanging out with uh, hanging out with my wife and son. So it was uh, it was cool. That's always nice. Yep. Did you do anything special or just kind of well, enjoy we time a, together? Well, Sunday night in particular, I think we were trying to watch the end of the Olympics, but uh, <laughs> fair. Yeah. The closing ceremony of the Olympics. So what did you think of uh, Japan's part of the closing ceremonies? I think I'm going to miss that because I fell asleep in the middle. Oh, we were we were at... Oh, oh what with Mario, right? Uh-huh. We came Mario at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I, I applaud uh, the Japanese prime minister for, uh, for uh, having, you know, the... The uh, guts. not being embarrassed, yeah. having the guts to, uh, I don't know, to jump out as dressed as Mario. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, that's that's really cool. Makes me excited about about the Tokyo Olympics. Sounds like it's gonna be a blast. We were uh, the three thousand brigade. We were at um at I won't say which one, but a sports bar <laughs> and uh, a big one in Fort Lauderdale and. Um, we were watching the closing ceremonies, and we were like, wow. There, oh, it's just to put it into perspective, there were like 28 of us there. And, you know, we're a group that does a Nintendo-based stage show. So, yeah. uh, <clears throat> needless to say, a sports bar isn't exactly uh, where you might expect to find us. But we were there because they have a big table. And uh, we were watching the closing ceremonies, and a couple of the TVs were like, wow, these are worse than the opening ceremonies. How did you guys manage that? Because the opening ceremonies were pretty bad too. And we're like, uh, is that a fire? I don't understand what's happening. And then, then Tokyo kicked in. 
And when when he popped out of that warp pipe as Mario, we were probably one of the three loudest groups that has ever been in this place. And it's a sports bar that's used to loud noises. <laughs> oh, our group could not believe what had just happened. We were all pretty excited. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, yes, I am pretty excited about Tokyo as well. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a blast. Yeah, if they're, if they're taking just the closing ceremonies of somebody else's Olympics this seriously... I can't wait for their own opening ceremony. There's apparently supposed to be uh, an artificial meteor shower. Wow, we know uh, this already. Yeah. Wow. I, I. You never quite know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Well, I this really cemented that I love the Olympics. I love watching the Olympics, and uh, I'm I'm going to miss them. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to miss the lack of sleep that comes along with so many things going on, (laughs) especially with the the beach volleyball. All the important games all seem to happen late at night. Yeah, very, very, very late. And, uh, you know, obviously I was a little sad at the result of that. I was hoping that uh, America would win again. Yeah. But But, they meddled and that's good. Anyway, so uh, we should probably get into some tech news. What do you think? Is it too much to ask? <laughs> I guess so. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're a a student, a small business, a developer, the Microsoft Store has everything for you. Students right now can save $150 on the Surface Pro 4 and the Surface Book. Plus, of course, you can uh, get the 2TB Xbox One S right now. And there's the Essential Bundle for the Surface Pro 4. Uh, comes with the tight cover and uh, a case and Office 365 and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Plus, of course, you can get a new laptop, a new phone, you can get your any of the versions of Xbox, and even stuff about the HoloLens is available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So, uh, you remember when Facebook bought WhatsApp, right? For a ridiculous amount of money? Yeah, sure. It was like six times what Disney paid for Lucasfilm, which is still to this day baffling. Uh, Well, at the time, uh, WhatsApp's business policy was no advertising. You paid a nominal fee per year. And uh, in fact, their founder said, when we sat down to start our own thing together three years ago, and this was a while back, we wanted to make something that wasn't just another clearinghouse. We knew that we could charge people directly if we could do all those things. We knew uh, we could do what most people aim to do every day, avoid ads. So with that, uh, this week, when uh, when Facebook bought the platform, the belief that that was what was going to happen kind of uh, waned for obvious reasons. We all know who Facebook is. And more importantly, Facebook knows who Facebook is. And they don't try to pretend that they're anybody but themselves and so uh this week i see that avram appears to be back this week uh whatsapp updated its uh terms of service and its privacy policy and it now states that it will share data with facebook and the facebook companies to provide a better ad experience on facebook and that uh likely uh, businesses will now be able to message you on WhatsApp. Now, not terribly surprising, as uh, Facebook did not spend that much money uh, to screw around, and it almost certainly wasn't because there was a huge group of developers at WhatsApp that they were really excited about, and they spent a lot of money to buy developers, which they do from time to time. They've spent... and. 
in any single purchase up to $100 million to purchase a developer. Uh, but I don't think that between 16 and $22 billion is what uh, you spend to purchase developers. I think a company that's based around advertising spends that kind of money because they see uh, a data gold mine and a new source of showing ads. And so anybody who didn't see this coming uh, doesn't understand uh, Facebook very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering uh, what those messages are going to look like that the advertisers are going to send you. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be something where you just get an IM like like you get all these spammy IMs from like I get spammy IMs even on Facebook all the time from people who are, you know, Not trying real. to ensnare me? Or is it going to appear like an ad in the bottom of the window? Like how how is that going to is it going to alert be an alert that disturbs me? Like right. what is what is it going to be like? I think that's the the interesting question. If you're getting it as an IM and it's giving you an alert like you get when a friend of yours messages, that's really going to hurt the platform. And I can see people saying, like, enough, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Because, as we've discussed in the past, WhatsApp really has no, no particular value proposition over any other instant messaging service. Right. It's just another thing that got a bunch of people to sign up. There's no particular, nothing particularly special about it. It doesn't even have a gimmick like Snapchat had a gimmick, right? Of of erasing stuff, which isn't even really true. Or pretending uh, to erase stuff. Yeah, it doesn't even have the pretend gimmick of that. Um, so I I don't get it anyway. So they really don't. If they're smart, they'll they'll make the ads targeted, but not so obtrusive that people will want to stop using the service. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you know, if it informs, if they're sharing data between WhatsApp and Facebook, I guess there are going to be some people who are upset. But let's get real here. You're being tracked on the Internet everywhere to give you ads, mm-hmm. period. I can't tell you how many times I get ads on all kinds of random websites telling me, um, you know, showing me something that I just looked at on Amazon like last week. Or something. Uh, oh, How yeah. They know me so well, you know, and and since I end up reading a lot of product reviews as part of my job, you know, you can imagine the things I just I wasn't ever interested in buying, but I had to read about uh, in some way. Even things I read about on my own site, <laughs> uh, you know, some uh, end up um, end up following me as ads all over the place. Yeah. Does that bother me? Eh, why should it bother me? Like, there's a lot worse things in the world to show up as ads. Like, at least I know when I'm looking at, st- at least they know, hey, you were interested in this at one time. It beats, it beats the tar out of when you're getting like something where you, you have, what is it? You know, where you get those things at the bottom of the page where you see things oh. like someone with a horrible skin rash or yeah. some horrible like deformity or some whatever and it's like uh, and it's like click here now no i really would rather not so when i was yeah. when i was doing show prep this week i came across yeah. uh one of the sites i was on had yeah. two rows of that at the bottom for a total of 10 uh tiles and i immediately thought of you right so like you know what i would so much rather see be hit smash in the face with another ad for a laptop that i looked at I'm not going to buy uh-huh. then, uh, then be beaten no, then be slapped in the face with like some, some horrible picture of some horrible skin disease uh-huh. or, or some, or a parasite eating someone's intestine uh-huh. or something like that, which I've seen like, yeah, please just, I don't care. You know, like <laughs> you want to show me what I'm interested in. That's a lot better than showing me the things I'm not interested a- in. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, is it, is it a little funny that, you know, when I do a list for you that, you know, for weeks I see nothing but laptop stands? Yeah, it's a, it's a little funny. Uh, but does it annoy me? No, not really. It, it, it's, it's actually better. So, you know, like, 
that's fine. You know, that's that's really fine. I don't know why people are upset about it. I guess they're upset because they say, wow, that's my information out there. Yeah. Yeah, but people can track you. Hopefully and supposedly this is anonymous to the point where they don't know your name. Right. Um, so, you know what? You have an ID number. You want to serve me some ads. Ads are important. We've said this a million times, yeah. but there are, there are people today losing their jobs because there are folks blocking ads because they don't want to watch to view an ad. Well, that's the price of content on the internet, folks. So WhatsApp that's, has to pay that's the That's the price of content on the internet today unless people keep blocking ads. Yeah. And the price WhatsApp, is going to change. WhatsApp is, you know, how much would you like, how much would you pay for Facebook? Would you pay for Facebook? Right. How much would you pay? Right. It's 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 an important question because without without the advertising dollars, that's the only alternative for a platform like that. Yep. So 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 it doesn't bother me. I know some folks will be will be upset about it, but I think they have to realize this is how people make money on the internet. Absolutely. The important thing to know is that uh, if you want to turn off the the push to Facebook. You can do that right now. If you are an existing WhatsApp uh, account, you have 30 days to go into your settings and turn off the push. If you are a new WhatsApp customer, it will not show for you. So uh, it is what it is. But if you signed up under the old terms of service, you still have 30 days. But that does not uh, change, checkbox or not, that does not change the fact that uh, WhatsApp has has always or since purchase has always and will always share certain stuff with the Facebook companies. So that's that big surprise. Not This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The Superstar Backflip available now. And of course, all kinds of uh, the Monster Blaster, the big boom box, which is awesome. The headphones that are on my head right now, the Monster Elements. There are all kinds of uh, audio-based products. That There's certainly one to fit your, uh, your lifestyle. Whether you like on-ear, over-the-ear, in-ear, doesn't matter. The important part is that Monster focuses on what they call pure Monster sound, which means that what you hear is exactly what you're supposed to hear. The sound that uh, the engineers put together is what you're going to hear. No extra bass, no extra treble, none of that. It's exactly what you're supposed to hear. Find your style by going to f5live.tv slash monster. And that music means it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. There you are, Abram. Hey! <laughs> hey! How's it going? Very well. Still have to figure out how to change that opening for <laughs> for the <laughs> fact that you're already there. It's very confusing, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Before we get started on anything else, I just want to say to you and to our audience... That I think the reason that if my webcam freezes up again, as it <laughs> as it apparently did a few minutes ago, the the reason is actually relevant to to every anyone here who is on Windows 10. Uh, I think that I'm having the issue that those folks had, although I made the registry fitch fitch fix. Fitch, I like fitch. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite a fix because it didn't work. Uh, I made the reg. <laughs> The registry fix, and it uh, and it and uh, right before this, apparently it's probably not working. Anyway, uh, I encourage folks to go to my website laptopmag.com where we have a story about this. Uh, if you have uh, one of several popular external webcams, like the Logitech C920, which is a webcam I use. And uh, the one that we rate as the top webcam on laptopmag.com, most people uh, probably on Amazon and elsewhere rate as the top webcam. Um, it unfortunately um, seems that 
after a certain period of time, it can freeze in Skype. Um, so, and this is something that's been caused by the anniversary update from Windows. So, hopefully there will be a fix. There's supposed to be a registry tweak, which I used, which didn't seem to stop from happening before. So, fingers crossed it doesn't happen again during this broadcast. But if so, it's evidence of, of the problem. Good to know. Um, the uh, What I did want to talk about is another serious problem that has been on, around for a long time, but it's a little bit in the news this week. Uh, and a lot of people are unaware of the problem until the worst happens. So, uh, Scott, you, you knew this, but probably a lot of people already don't know, that in the major PC web browsers, not in Safari, uh, the major PC web browsers, uh, Chrome, Internet Explorer, Edge, and Firefox, um, if you are, um, if you hit the backspace key, the browser interprets it as you hitting the as a keyboard shortcut for back button. Well, what's the problem with that? Let's say you're typing something into a web form. That this could be your CMS where you're writing a article that you haven't saved it could be a shopping form on a website where you had to fill in your address it could be an important email and web-based email software you you name it uh you know your current modern day web browser even uh opens pdfs so it could be typing something into a pdf form who knows uh if you hit the backspace key and you don't have the cursor flashing in in a text field like somehow you thought that you were in this text field but you weren't you hit back it will go back and you will lose your work that now that has to be one of the stupidest you uh stupidest ui decisions ever made but it's been going on for years uh and it's so pop it's so common that multiple different browser vendors decide this is a good idea even though it's a terrible idea so um, I've put up a couple stories over the years explaining how you can disable this on Firefox and how you can disable it on Chrome. Chrome Google, I give them some props for finally catching up with this, in their latest browser release, which depending on uh, whether you've downloaded the update or not, which should happen automatically, the latest version of Chrome for desktop uh, eliminates, eliminates this. If you try to hit... Uh, if you have the latest version and you try to hit backspace, uh, it does not double as a back button. Hooray! Uh, hey, they did the right thing. Unfortunately, there will always be some folks who don't, <laughs> some power users who don't like the easy things. So uh, there was an uproar when who Google do not like change. Yeah, when Google announced that they were getting rid of this feature, and so Google has now come out with an extension you can install in your Chrome browser to bring it back. Why you would want to bring it back is a good question, but I guess you feel very confident that you're not going to erase anything. Um, I ha Having personally lost work numerous times as a result of the back button, I think Google did the absolute right thing and it was long overdue. You don't put a self-destruct button on the keyboard. It's At least know, not one so easily accessible. Because you can you know, always still hit Alt back button, you know, left arrow. Right. There are other ways but, to get to get back, you but, know. But you don't make a self-destruct that easy, especially when, you know, if you're like you were saying, if you're in a just in a web form and all of a sudden you're the focus changes and now the back space goes from deleting the character you didn't mean to type to uh erasing everything you've written that's, that's yeah, a terrible that's, idea that's happened to me so many times and it's it happened used, to people i know it used to happen so to nick time. all the time so many times and like one of the first things i do when i get a new browser i try to turn off now to my knowledge you please correct me if i'm wrong i haven't seen a way to turn off an edge i believe you were correct i looked i was looking through the registry to see if there was a secret key because if i can find one that'd be a great story uh, but I haven't seen a way to do it in Edge. So if you have Edge, you, this is still a problem. I, I, I can't believe Firefox, Microsoft, Mozilla, Microsoft, change this right away. Learn from Google. 
none of you should have ever had this in the first place. Turn it off. Really. I mean, you don't – when you go in Windows, they don't have right next to the shutdown button another button called wipe my data. <laughs> you know, my mom is the only one who actually believes there is a self-destruct button on the keyboard. Like, oh, if I touch the wrong thing, I'm going to erase something. You know, generally you tell computer illiterate or computer semi-literate people like, don't worry. There's not much you can do to erase stuff unless you really try. You know, to, to to break your computer unless you really try. This is a case where you don't have to try. Yeah. You know, you're taking something that was that is a key that does one thing that you would expect it to do, and then you're making it do the same do another thing. I personally am hate the idea of having one action that does multiple things anyway. Like on your touchpad, the default um, setting for touchpads is if you tap too hard you click something. I hate that. You should have to click the button because if it's tap to click, that means that, oh, you were trying to drag something, but you actually ended up tapping something depending on how you touched it. Uh Right? This is the same thing with your backspace key. So um, I have an article on how to turn this off in Firefox if you're a Firefox user. If you are uh, an Edge user or an Internet Explorer user, I don't know what you can do except for possibly switching browsers or being really careful at this point. But, you know... Let Microsoft know. Let the folks know. This is this is a terrible thing. Now you you might not you might think this is never going to happen to you because you know you don't use it as a the backspace key as a keyboard shortcut. No no no. The point is, it's exact. You're exactly the person it's going to happen to because you'll be typing something into a, into a web form. You'll think that your cursor is blinking. You'll hit the backspace key, and before you before you know what's happened, you've lost your work. Yep. Yeah. So, so folks, keep keep that in mind. There <laughs> is actually a data self-destruct button <laughs> on your keyboard, and it's the backspace key, uh, and that is just absolutely terrible UI design. I think I'm going to do a future article on like the worst default settings, in uh, not just in Windows and general, but like the worst default settings anywhere in history, whatever. <laughs> Uh, that that will be near the top of my list. I'm I'm looking for submissions though. <laughs> so uh, if people want to find out how to turn this setting off or to give you submissions on terrible settings, how can they do that? Well, uh, you got uh, definitely uh, follow me on Twitter at Geek and Chief. You can tweet me some ideas. Uh, also, uh, our article about how to turn off in Firefox and about all this stuff is on laptopmag.com. And of course, all of our other web things that aren't laptop or tablet related are on tomsguide.com. Excellent. Well, as always, we appreciate you bringing this information to us. And uh, while we will see you for the rest of the main show, as far as this one's concerned, we will see you next week. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Tate's Comics. Tate's is an award-winning, award-winning family-owned and operated comic shop just west of Fort Lauderdale and Lauder Hill. They are one of the largest in the Southeast and uh, are known nationally and internationally because of some of the awards they've won. Uh, if you're in the area or anywhere in South Florida, really, it's an easy drive to get there. And they host some of the uh, the most fun events uh, anywhere. They're a big sponsor of the 3000 Brigade. In fact, they're the primary sponsor of the 3000 Brigade. Their next big event is on September 4th. It is their Japanese snack tasting. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. They always have a lot of strange things that you had no idea existed. It takes place on September 4th from 2 to 4 p.m. To find out more, you can go to tatescomics.com. So, um, Sony did something interesting this week. 
they have made PlayStation Now available for Windows and Mac, which is a pretty cool uh, move because that means that you can now play basically any PlayStation 3 game that ever existed on your PC. So that gives you the ability to play uh, Xbox Play Anywhere games and PlayStation 3 games on your PC now, period. There you go. That's a pretty cool move. What do I have to do now? Does this work? Because I'm not totally familiar. I'm going to totally admit it. That's for our audience sake. Let's let's spell it out. Do you does this come from the cloud or do you need to actually as with the Xbox live actually have it stream from a real PS3? So uh, this is more like the Xbox play anywhere than the Xbox one game streaming. Uh, This allows you to um, you do not have to have a PlayStation three. You do not have to have a PlayStation anything. Um, It works more like something like uh, EA Origin, where uh, the Origin Access, where for a certain amount per month, you can play all the games you want from the catalog. Uh, In in Origin's case, it's $5 a month, and you can play, give or take, about 40 games. In PlayStation's case, it's a little more, because it's $20 a month, but... Every PlayStation 3 game is there. So you've got over 400 titles to choose from. And you can swap from one to another at any point. Doesn't matter. Just go. So if you're a big PlayStation fan and maybe you got rid of your PS3 or you don't want to hook it up or you'd just rather use it on your PC, that is all available. It's pretty great. Wow, that is that is great. Uh, my son is upset. Like we have a PS3, uh-huh. uh, and my and my four year old son Isaac is like obsessed with some of the PS3 games. Uh-huh. So it's really cool to think, wow, you could have access to all to all these games, which are really good quality. Like, yeah. there's nothing. You know, I'm not a big console gamer, so when I wanted to get him something that he could play some games, we could play some together. I got a used PS3 a few months ago because it was really inexpensive. I and, remember. <laughs> and, you know, he, 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 like, he just loves to play on that thing. And to think about all the games that are available that are really good quality, mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, that's fantastic to be able to play those on your PC. Now, what are the system requirements for that? Do you need a, a really powerful PC to do it? No, you don't, because PlayStation Now uh, uses the company that they bought by Kai. That's not it, but it's something like that uh, that they bought a couple of years ago, and it is done as essentially as game streaming. So you don't need to have nearly the same power of a computer that you normally would have. Plus, you know, even if you've got the game installed on the computer it's still a ps3 game it's so chances are the computer that you have is probably powerful enough to run it because it's probably more powerful than what the ps3 was yeah wow so the only the only requirement for doing this on both uh pc and mac is that uh while other platforms that have had playstation now available before allowed you to use a dualshock 3 controller for pc and mac you have to have a dualshock 4 controller so uh, you have to have a playstation 4 controller you cannot use an older controller but the playstation the yeah the playstation 4 controller allows you to plug in with just a micro usb cable directly into the computer and not have to have anything special uh, to make it work but you can go wireless just like you can on the console, and to do so, uh, Sony is now selling a little USB dongle to make it possible. So, you can you can go wireless with the controller or not. You can just use the charging cable that comes in the box, plug it directly into your computer, and you are off and running. Wow. So. Well, you know, if we had that, I wouldn't have been able to use the uh, premise of... Uh, of playing Sonic Racing as a as 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 good of a bribe for him because I actually like waved the disc in his face like 
Hey, you want to you want to you want to play this Sonic racing game? You want me to take it out of the box? Use the potty. Um, but it worked, folks. Sonic is responsible for for my uh, my son using the toilet. Um, but but this sounds like a great idea. Um, makes me wonder though. Are they doing this only with PS3 games because they don't want to hurt the value of PS4? Play, uh, it's a good question, uh, but PlayStation Now has been, since it launched, uh, PS3 only. It originally launched as Sony's way of doing backwards compatibility for PS3 onto PS4. And people liked the concept, and they realized that the platform was, uh, was wide enough that they should implement it elsewhere, which they have. I mean, but as far as I know, they're not making any new PS3 games. Correct. So, so you're kind of in a time warp with this. Like, this is all you're going to have, which is good, but, it, you know. Yes, for, for now, there has been no information or no even suggestions of moving either to the left or to the right. I wouldn't mind seeing them bring some PS2 stuff in. Yeah, that would be good. Because there's some stuff that was on PS2 that has kind of phased itself out of reality in a way that's really sad. Uh, that would be fun to see back in the world. Uh, I mean, I have yeah. a PS2, so it's for me, it's not that big of a deal. But <laughs> No, we, we, we went through that because the reason that we got the PS3 is we had had a PS2 and we wanted to be able to play the games. And the type of PS3 we got is backward compatible, mm. but it doesn't actually work properly mm-hmm. on a lot of the older titles so yes. we kind of stopped playing them like it's supposed to work but you know once it'll be like well it works but this button on the controller doesn't work or you know yeah. so it's uh it's a shame because you know listen if you have a ps2 you've got to play those godzilla games absolutely the best <laughs> and they didn't replicate those for i don't think they replicated those for three so yeah, i don't think so so, but yeah, I'd like to see some of the older stuff start to come over. You know, some of the the super PlayStation exclusive oddball games. You know, I, that would be fun to see uh, Banjo and stuff like that come over and be available on PlayStation now. But for right now, I don't I don't suspect that they will go to the right. If they do anything, they'll go to the left. They'll go to the older games. Yeah. But hopefully, what this indicates is that. Sony is now ready to discuss cross-play, which Microsoft has said, our platform is ready for it. We're waiting on Sony to be on board with it. Uh, The developer of Rocket League has said that they have a technical solution to allow cross-play. Now they just need to get Sony to sign off on it. And... um, an executive for Microsoft in the Xbox division said that they believe that the developers are in talks with Sony to make it possible. So Rocket League may be the first cross-play game uh, ever, which would be pretty exciting. Because it would mean that if you have Rocket League on PlayStation, Xbox One, or PC, you could play against anybody on playstation xbox one or pc and that would be the first time that that was possible and it would be very exciting so microsoft has said we're ready we want it let's go and sony's like "Uh, i don't know but now they've brought their games to microsoft's platform maybe that's an indication that they're ready to try hopefully fingers crossed Uh uh-oh This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to Ruby, apparently. 
they've got a little bit of everything. The way it works is for three or four dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to live, and laugh. They also have made fun of a number of short films uh, from, you know, the film strip days in school and some really weird uh, industry. Ruby is one you might need to watch because what I'm seeing right now is ridiculous. Anyway, some industry films. There's one about springs, which is horrifying. Um, you can get those as well. From time to time, they do some live events. I do not know if we have another live event uh, coming up in the near future, but the last one. Oh, yep, here we go. Carnival of Souls in theaters oh. nationwide. October 27th, and more importantly, on Halloween, October 31st, um, you'll be able to watch live in theaters. So, to find out what theaters are available to purchase the shorts or to uh, download those MP3s, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. So, oh, the one about springs. Horrifying. First time I saw it, I'm like, oh, why did an industry produce this and not think it was going to scare everybody who has ever lived? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. All right. Um, so Google Fiber is in a weird kind of transitional state. A couple months ago, they purchased uh, a company called WebPass, which allows them uh, now to install entirely wireless networks in a city and maintain the same uh, speed. They've just uh, installed two new cities, including uh, Atlanta and San Antonio, let's say. I don't feel like that's it. Salt Lake City is the real one. Uh, Salt Lake City and Atlanta, they've just gone live with. And yet, on the other hand, uh, Larry Page has reportedly decided to scale back Google Fiber, cutting the staff down from about 1,000 to 500. So for those of you who have difficulties with math, that's half. Um, and also, uh, they are currently not looking for new cities to expand into. So that's an interesting move. It comes shortly after uh, a revelation that while when they launched five years ago, their goal today was to have one million uh, paying subscribers, their actual numbers are somewhere more around 200,000. So when you build your costs around expecting a million customers at $70 a month, and you've got um, a fifth of that, your uh, cost per person goes up well past that $70 a month. So my guess is they're trying to figure out how they can do this without... Uh, ruining the numbers for their parent company. Hmm. This is such an interesting question because from a pure business perspective, from a like show me the money perspective that a lot of businesses, particularly publicly traded companies operate under, if you have an underperforming business unit like this, you, you might want to, you know, cut bait and, and kill it. Um, at the same time, uh, Google would be very wise to actually uh, push ahead with this initiative unless their plan is to buy an existing – I mean, they're a pretty wealthy company. Could they buy one of the big cable companies? Possibly, that, Espe that, especially since several of them were recently up for sale. I mean – could they buy their way in? I mean, maybe that would be a better. I mean, on the other hand, if you're Google, do you really want to be? See, the thing is, I Google. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I don't think Google likes things that are high touch, which is why I always thought it was weird that they got into the business of selling products like phones, uh -huh. because those are things that involve customer service and dealing with the public. And, you know, I think they human really like human interaction. I think they like things that are low touch. Like, can we automate this? Mm -hmm. You know, can a computer handle it? Do we need to have a human? There's purchasing is, purchasing danger and continuing the development of Android, where you only have to deal with like six people at Samsung. You, yeah. You're you're not dealing with customer service in that particular 
marketplace. You're dealing with like six developers at Samsung to help them get drivers built for their devices. Right. That that makes sense, you know, to their business model. But yeah, getting into buying Motorola was such a weird thing for me. Yeah, you knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah, I mean, I still think that that like their Nexus. One of these days, they're they're gonna they're gonna quit the Nexus phones for the same reason. Although those are sort of phone. Let's be honest, they're not exactly uh, you know setting the world on fire in terms of sales by the nexus because they're they're geeky people who want the like the flagship android the official android phone right uh and by the way i would probably i would love to buy one for that reason too but um you know they're not um you know they're not dealing with huge massive customers i guess um and what plus, is more plus technically touch- plus technically they're produced by other people yeah, you know, it's probably not that. I mean, no matter how many people buy them, it's probably not that bad. Right. Whereas what could be more high touch than installing something in someone's house? Right. Running lines on public easements and then running a, a cable, even, any kind of cable to a premises. It's the most high touch possible. And then you've got to maintain a customer service relationship with uh-huh. that person every month for hopefully forever you know for for a long time so yeah i can see that that fiber was never really like i never really believed that fiber was going to be a big thing at the same time the more that the as time goes by the more i think that google really could really would be wise to double down on on fiber because of the risk of having because of the risk of having all these competitors control the the pipes through which their content flows. Yeah. Well, I think I think the purchase of WebPass has more to do with this than anything. I think their goal is to kind of rebrand the Google Fiber to maybe Google Internet or something and start installing via WebPass instead of directly via Fiber because that makes it a little less hands-on for them you know you've got you you go stick one antenna on the top of you know a building and uh, an apartment building in manhattan plug it in and you know you can light up an entire building but you don't have to deal with the city you don't have to deal with easements you don't have to deal with any of that stuff it's simply you know the permit to put the antenna on top of the building and you can move on i i think that makes an install to a market easier for them and therefore i think i think that's the reason they bought it and they brought in employees with it my guess is that the scale down in the number of employees has to do with the fact that they now have duplicates do you think so what so this web pass business is it going to actually be the long uh lost dream of actually having wireless home internet could be uh it does not work exactly the way you might think it does rec- they at least webpass as the standalone company their policy was to only install on multi-unit buildings uh, because of the cost of installation but if you did it right and with you know google's backing behind you you might be able like if there's a, a multi-unit building and then a bunch of houses nearby you could you could relay off the multi-unit building into the neighborhood. So this may be the thing that finally, you know, allows for a commercially feasible wireless network. I mean, that's the future, right? I mean, laying wires underground, not the future. It's certainly what Gene Roddenberry thought. (laughs) But, you know, it, it, Given how much it costs to get to get cellular service right now, it you know uh-huh. bring bring the wire underground, please. You know because you know when it's costing you uh, you know a couple hundred bucks a month to get like eight and ten gigabytes from uh, you know from the major wireless carriers, uh-huh. and on your home internet you can't be that limited. Right. So you know just try upgrading to Windows 10 a few times. Yeah. See what happens. Or 
imagine imagine me here with all of what's happening just during this one hour i i know what the data looks like for this because a couple times a year we go wireless with it i know what the data looks like there's no way yeah exactly so i mean if you're google you have a stake in this you want people to have fast internet you want the internet that they get to you know you have to worry that at some point uh all net neutrality rulings aside uh that the environment the landscape is going to become difficult could become difficult for you um you know what happens like you know Google operates over the internet, but everybody else is running the pipe. You know, they're powerful enough that they probably want to protect their interests by by trying to control at least some of the pipe. Sure. That that totally makes sense. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the near future with this. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove Music. 40 plus million tracks available to stream right now to just about any device you have, whether it be uh, Windows or Windows Phone, Xbox One, Xbox 360, iOS, Android, or a web browser. Wherever you are, you can stream unlimited for $9.99 a month. You can also download those tracks on up to three devices so that when you inevitably get on an airplane or walk into your gym and you have no internet, you can still listen to your music when you want, which is obviously an important thing. Um, you can get a 30-day free trial right now and sign up for uh, one month or a one-year subscription by going to f5live.tv slash groove. So let's stay in that product category and talk about Spotify. Um, so Spotify, for a long time, has been very vocal about their opposition to the concept of service exclusives uh, in the same way that you know several handset manufacturers have said they don't like you know having an exclusive deal with a particular carrier. Spotify says that they're not big fans of having a particular album or artist be exclusive to a service because it's not good for the users, right? It's it's no good if I'm signed up for Groove and Avram's signed up for Spotify and Drake comes out with a new album that's exclusive to Apple Music. Well, that's not good for anybody, right? Because other than Apple... It's good for Apple, but it's not good for anybody else, um, including Drake, who to is going fair, to get though, less streams. To be fair, though, this happens. I mean, I guess it depends on how, how if you're looking for the artist's perspective, I guess that's not good either, except that they're getting paid more for these exclusives. But, you know, to be fair, you know, the logical outgrowth of this would be the person who really wants all this stuff would sign up for multiple streaming services, which is extremely wasteful and a pain in the butt. Right. On the other hand, doesn't the same thing happen now with video services? Absolutely. If you want to watch uh, Stranger Things on Netflix, but you also want to watch Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime yep. or something else on Hulu, you got to sign up for a whole bunch of different services. Absolutely. Um, but at least with like at least with video, video is less of a casual thing, and music is far more of a casual thing, right? There's there's a whole lot of artists, and everybody has their own personal tastes and you know if you've got everything from an artist available everywhere except their new one uh it's only available on one that's not available even on your platform you don't even get a choice you don't get to listen to that music period and we saw uh this happened with uh, a couple of albums that went to title and then uh, backed away because it turned out to be a disastrous decision. Uh, so with this, you know, Spotify has been very vocal about their their dislike of the concept. They believe if it should be if it's streamed, it should be streamed. Period. Um, so on the other hand, we have um, Apple Music, where they have the opposite 
belief. They think that everything should be exclusive to them and that monopolies are good. And so you put these two up against each other and you have um, a loud report from Bloomberg that suggests that Spotify's solution to the problem is to um, degrade the search value of people who have exclusives on other platforms. Now, it's important to note that when, uh, when asked for comment, Spotify said um, it is unequivocally, I don't know how to say that word apparently, false. So no questions asked, no, we do not do that. Uh, the report also suggested that um, if an album was once exclusive to another platform, Spotify will, even when it's available on Spotify, Spotify will never allow any tracks from that al album to be part of a featured playlist. They did, that kind of came out a little bit after the question about uh, uh, the, the search results. So no comment has been made. But you know, the idea of unequivocally false is a far cry from the normal PR response of we don't comment on inner workings of the company, right? That which is which is what we usually hear. True or false, you know, no comment tends to be the response from PR unless not only is it false, but they're offended by the question. So, <sighs> you know. I, I don't I mean I think Spotify should be honest with people if this is what it's doing but I don't think that you know they have to apologize for it I mean look if you if you want to I mean when you say it's going to be lower in search but if I search for this artist by name I'm going to find them right if they if they have a presence on Spotify sure. so so you know I guess it really depends on how you use music services right and this is just like my inability to understand, like generally speaking, when I'm using my streaming music service, I I know which artists I want to go to, or I go to lists that are sort of by genre that other people have created, uh, and then sometimes I'll see related artists. I'll be like, oh, let me try this because it's related, um, or whatever, similar artists, whatever. Sure. But if I'm looking for something and I can find it. If they de, you know, it's not like, I mean, the artists probably have some interest in this because they get paid by the stream. Right. So if it makes it a little bit harder, but I don't think it's, it's quite like a Google search. Like if I have an article, yeah, I agree. like we, we know this as web publishers, right? If I have an article about the ThinkPad X1 Carbon and you have an article about the ThinkPad X1 Carbon and somebody searches and your article is on is number one on the Google search page and mine is number eight. Being number eight means I'm not going to get nearly as many clicks as you are at number right, one. Right. Because the person who was searching for it, that's what they wanted. They wanted a review. Perhaps and they, they don't. And they found it. And they may not care as much who it like. They know you, who you are great, but they may not care. If they were searching Google, they may not care as much what, what publication it came from right. or they're willing to accept it from many different publications. However, if I want to listen to, uh, you know, to Thriller by Michael Jackson, I'm not going to like search for Thriller and then see that like there's some cover band doing it and be like, right. yeah, that came up higher. So I'm going to listen to that. You know, I think people, you know, I think generally when people search, they know what they're searching for I on agree. music service. So I don't know how you're really hurting an artist like people know what's out there they kind of know what they what they want i mean there is a degree of discovery and some of those sort of things that recommend music to you yeah um like i use on uh on groove i use what they used to call smart dj which i think was a much better name than radio but whatever um i use the smart dj feature all the time i'll start with something that i know and like and let it related things that are or are not in my collection which is kind of fun you know that's a, an interesting way to learn about new uh, related artists and you know it's real easy to go oh no yeah I don't like this and skip past it but it's also then real easy to add it to your collection so but yeah I, I agree I don't 
I I recently had the opportunity to watch somebody else search for music in an odd music service, uh, one that I don't even know that I knew existed until that day. And it was an interesting experience to watch somebody else search for music. But even then, the problem there was not that the search results may have been in a weird order, which sometimes they were, but mostly that half the stuff we were looking for wasn't there at all. <laughs> if you don't have it, you don't have it. I'm right. very impressed these days with, I mean, if you compare music streaming services to say video streaming services like Netflix mm -hmm. and Amazon Prime, the difference is really tremendous. Like almost every, like I, I've been on Napster, Rhapsody, Spotify, checked out Groove. You know, a lot of these major streaming services all have the same stuff and they have almost everything that you could imagine. Yeah. Like really, really detailed, really great. 40 I mean, plus million tracks is a lot I of mean, tracks. If you want to, if you want to listen to, as I kind of did this, we had Donna Summer album ever made, you could go back to like 1972 and do it. Like uh -huh. stuff that wasn't even available on like CD is now available on these streaming services to everybody. So like, you know, if you have you, the, it's, I think a great time to be a music listener, maybe not as much a great time to be a band, but I, re I remember, you know, going to the store and buying a CD for $16, taking it home and like one song on it was good. Uh huh. Now I so, spend less than so that every 16, month. So $16 per track is basically what you're looking at there. Right. And, and then it was still on that CD, and it's like, oh, I had to pop this in just to listen to this one song. Oh, oh. man, this is an expensive song, right? Whereas now you pay that every month. You don't own the music, but who cares? Like, right. you know, it's I, I like to think of it as if, well, if I only bought one CD every month, which was probably even a lot for me at certain points, this would be it. So, you know, I think, I think it's – I think – I also think the ones that are exclusives are – at least in the current state of state, the ones that are exclusives are ones that everybody knows about, right? Like they're the biggest artists. Yeah. The most popular. Yeah. They're not so, things that you would have accidentally discovered. Yeah. I don't think anybody's accidentally discovering Taylor Swift. Right. Or, or Drake. Right. Or Kanye West. So, you know, <laughs> Kanye, either, Kanye was the one who learned his lesson untitled though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody's accidentally discovering these folks. If they want them, they're going to search for them, and either they're on the service or or, or they're not. Right. You know, um, it is a shame for people who are on Groove or Spotify that Apple or um, you know Tidal, uh, you know, all those could could be uh, ex get exclusives. But I guess that's part of the business, sure. right? Uh, and as a consumer, you do have a, a way out. With those, I mean, if you really want to listen to that, you can buy the tracks. Unless you don't it's the, have um, to subscribe. Unless it was the Kanye West album, in which case it was only available for streaming on Tidal. Oh, well, that's all money. <laughs> but you can also still buy a CD and, uh, right. and rip it. I mean, that's a pain, but come on. If you think that if, if, if you think that's a pain, holy cow, what a first world problem. I had to... <laughs> My album wasn't available on my streaming list, <laughs> my streaming service. Holy cow, that's first world problem. So I had to buy the CD or not listen to it. Or I yeah, mean, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like it's not like we don't have plenty of music. Holy cow, anything that you could possibly ever want to listen to has already been recorded. They could stop, <laughs> like they could stop today, and it would be okay. Like you, you wouldn't. You, you know, you could probably go back through like the archive of music from like the 60s to today and never have to listen to the same thing twice anyway. So, like, yeah. you know, there's plenty of music out there, plenty available to people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think folks are I, I, I do. I think if Spotify is doing this. Let them just, you know, admit it. Right. I understand why they're irritated at, at being spurned. Uh, they, of course, are welcome to do the same thing. 
they could get an exclusive too. They could, but my guess is that they won't be interested in pursuing that. But that's okay. Probably not. You know, you know, if you've got if you've got a particular like belief and you stick to it, I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the rest of folks, but uh, but price and overall selection and you know convenience of the platform and stuff like that is like way 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 more important to me than like are there is there this one or two artists right that you have that somebody else doesn't absolutely and that is our show thank you to everybody who uh who joined us this evening we always appreciate it, whether you joined us live at f5live.tv slash join us, or you were subscribed by going to f5live and clicking the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side. Either way, we appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. It's uh, the best way, because in, in our industry, there's nothing quite like, you know, the Spotify recommendations or the smart DJ or anything like that where you get related recommendations. There's nothing quite like that. So uh, the best way is word of mouth. So if you enjoy the show, please tell your friends. We always appreciate it. Um, we will be back normal next week. And then the week after that, we have... Uh, a weekend that I don't quite know how it's going to happen. I have three events on one day. So, um, September 10th, Pinellas Comic and Maker Con is our show. We will see how that goes. Because I have something else on, in another county that morning and something uh, that evening. So, that's going to be a tremendous amount of fun. But uh, if you're in the area, Pinellas Comic and Maker Con is a lot of fun. Uh, you should definitely come join us. It's at the uh, St. Pete College Seminole Campus. And uh, last year's show, I really enjoyed. The, the event was great. So definitely come out and join us. Um, after that, we've got some other stuff, including Roboticon, but that's more than a month away. So we'll deal with that as it comes. But next week, we're back. Same time, uh, same place normal show so uh on behalf of the staff that's not here i'm scott i'm avram and we will see you guys back next week ciao